0: In this week's episode, we have got reselling news from Amazon, Etsy, eBay, and more, a look at a couple of new-ish reselling platforms, and a bit of a celebration. What is up, Galaxians? Welcome to... Uh, a special episode of the Galaxy CDs Rocks and Flips Reseller Talk podcast. This is actually, believe it or not, the 150th episode of this show. When I started this thing, I would never have dreamed that I would do 150 <laughs> Of these things. But here we are. I don't know how far into this I am, a couple of years, maybe a little more than a couple of years worth, and we're on episode 150. So, uh, yay, me, and thank you to all of you, uh, literally all over the world. I've said this before, but I wanted to show this. This is from my uh, anchor.fm podcasting stats. There are listeners, the bulk of you obviously are here in the US, but Canada, the UK, Australia, uh, Mexico, France, Brazil, the Philippines, Puerto Rico, Japan, the U.S. Virgin Islands, Morocco, Lithuania, uh, Singapore, Hungary, Spain, uh, Romania, Sri Lanka, and on and on and on, literally all over the world, and I appreciate it very, very much. It it makes sitting down here in the cold bat cave during the dead of winter... (laughs) Uh, definitely worthwhile. So I very much appreciate all of you and those of you who catch this show on YouTube as well. Thank you so much for doing that. Uh, That is also a growing little niche over there. So I appreciate that. And of course, those of you who join me live every Wednesday morning at 10 a.m. here on the YouTube, I very much appreciate that. I also today, if you are here live on YouTube, there is a link. Pinned in the chat if you would like to at any point in today's show uh, join the proceedings and participate in the podcast. uh, Click that link to enter the uh, StreamYard studio and we'll get you on here and have a little conversation. So uh, over in the chat, just good, quick, good mornings. Papa sticks, treasures, uh, printies, prize possessions. Thank you so much for the, uh, kudos for my bangles. <laughs> uh, as I mentioned in the, in the chat, it has been a long time coming, uh, Van Jam, Thank you for stopping by Jim Lucas. Always a pleasure to see you. So let's, uh, let's kind of get this thing kicked off with, uh, some. Use updates. Reselling news. There is an interesting article this morning in the New York Times morning newsletter update. I assume this appears on their site as well. Why are so many part-time workers struggling to find full-time work during a labor shortage? So this article talks about, uh, it cites a particular individual. As an example, Brenda Garcia, who works at a Chipotle in Queens, has a problem that may sound surprising in today's tight labor market. She's a part time employee who wants more work, but the restaurant keeps assigning her less than 20 hours a week. It is not enough for me. She said they're not giving me a stable job. They point out that she is one of millions of Americans who want an established, real full time job, and they're struggling to find it even in the midst of this massive, massive Quote unquote labor shortage. And they ask, how could this be when the country is in the midst of this shortage that employers are struggling to fill jobs? And it's because they point out that executives at many companies have decided that part time work is too important to abandon just because the labor market is temporarily tight. This is because it allows them to, of course, hold down labor costs. They don't have to pay benefits, generally speaking, to part time employees. And they can also make adjustments to staffing levels rather quickly by just not giving a part-time person those hours. Uh, It is deeply embedded in employers' business models, who uh, says someone who covers workers and the workplace from Chicago, they're incredibly reluctant to give it up, even if it means enduring labor shortages and elevated turnover in the short and intermediate term. Basically, they think it makes more economic sense to wait out the current shortages than to fundamentally change their labor model. Uh, If employers shift away from part-time work during a tight labor market like today's, they worry they'll be stuck with those higher labor costs for years to come. Employers will typically try everything else first, raising wages, offering bonuses and other financial incentives, giving part-timers a few more hours temporarily. But all of those measures, they note, are reversible and presumably would be reversed once those labor shortages end. The article goes on to talk about the fact that this is an opportune time for labor to organize as a solution to this. And I, the reason I brought this article up, because on the face of it, it doesn't really relate to reselling, is that the labor market is short because a lot of people like me and a lot of you have discovered that there are other ways to make money in today's economy rather than just going into the traditional workforce where you have to deal with these kind of shenanigans. You can work for yourself. There's all kinds of work in the gig economy. There are people making tons of money on YouTube or TikTok or Instagram in addition to folks like us that have picked up reselling. So for these part-time people that are stuck in that situation, uh, if you happen to stumble on this podcast, might I suggest (laughs) uh, that you consider looking at reselling uh, part-time on the side as an opportunity to kind of bridge the gap, as it were, here. So th- I thought that was a really interesting article. It just popped up this morning, and it got me to thinking, uh, which is always dangerous. But <laughs> uh, nonetheless, you can let me know in the chat what you think about that or in the comments if you view this later. If you are listening to the podcast, you can, of course, leave me a voice message, which I may play in a future episode, or you can email me at galaxycds at gmail.com. If you are over on YouTube and you get something useful today, please feel free to whack that thumbs up button. And if you are not a subscriber to the YouTube channel or a follower to the podcast, please consider doing that as well. Moving on, Adidas has announced a new program. Choose to give back rewards for people who recycle shoes. In an attempt to decrease the amount of clothing that turns up at landfill sites, Adidas partnered with online resale site ThreadUp. There they are again, to create an app that rewards people for donating their old gear. Apparel, accessories, and shoes in any condition and from any brand are accepted. Individuals need only pack their goods into a bag or box under 60 inches and mail it with the prepaid shipping label. Adidas then sorts through those donations to either reuse the materials or resell those items. Users attain awards for each item, including Adidas Creators Club points, vouchers, and more. This was initially launched on the Adidas app late last year, and the program will soon have a wider resale online audience and be available in stores. So here's another example of ThreadUp expanding their program and another big company expanding their program into resale, not even paying for the goods, having people donate them in exchange for reward points. So again, this is a situation that is going to make sourcing these particular brands, at least in theory, a little bit more difficult. There is a new, new ish, I've not heard of this uh, particular app before, but there's an article on it's nice that.com. It that says, What does a Gen Z brand look like? Justified Studio has created an identity for what they call the depop of TikTok. The uh, fashion marketplace called Finds combines a video-first approach with internet culture and 90s design trends. The article says, and I will of course link to all of these in the show notes in the description below so that you can review them yourself, as Gen Z grows up and becomes a key target market, designers are trying to figure out how to design for this audience. The most recent approach is from London-based agency Justified Studio, which has delivered an identity, name, and digital experience for the fashion marketplace finds. Quote, the first marketplace which puts video content at the center of the commerce experience. So video is something that is coming. Um, eBay is rolling it out now. Uh, it looks like it's available on the web version. I haven't seen it yet on the app, but I haven't really gone digging for it. Obviously, people are selling already with video on Instagram and TikTok. So this is an app that... in at least plans to take that to the next level and rely really on a video first program to design a brand that fills that gap between Depop and TikTok to other popular platforms with Gen Z Justified has integrated the online culture and 90s design trends into the branding. So this article really is more about the branding of Fines than the actual app. Uh, But they, for their part, uh, over at Fine said the opportunity that they saw was buying clothes you love should be as interactive and as real time as possible with no difference between offline and online. We are aiming to own the white space between TikTok and Depop to really utilize the video first feature, which opens a huge gap for our brand experience to be as genuine and engaging as possible. And then as you scroll down, if you go to look at this article, you'll see a lot of examples of the branding and what what they're doing to advertise it and what the actual app looks like. So if you have heard of this app or you use it, let me know in the comments or in the chat. Uh, I've not heard of it. And as I've said here, (laughs) uh, on more than one occasion, I'm not a big clothing uh, seller. So this is probably not something I would be using, but it is an interesting app uh, and a new program moving forward. Sorry, my mouse has gone crazy here. There's an article on Charged uh, Etsy has partnered with Airbnb to offer a program called The Art of Hosting. They've unveiled this new program, which is a new curated collection of homeware items from Etsy sellers aimed at Airbnb owners. The selection, which features items made, quote, for hosts by hosts, aims to make it simple for new and existing Airbnb hosts to decorate their listings with handmade, affordable pieces. In a 2021 survey Of 1,000 U.S. travelers, 68% of respondents said that thoughtful and unique amenities would compel them to leave a positive review for an Airbnb host. During the pandemic, many entrepreneurs turned to both Airbnb and Etsy to either start or grow their business, using that income to cover key household expenses, like we just talked about at the beginning of this show with the part-time Uh, job situation. Etsy says earnings generated on both platforms demonstrates, quote, the powerful impact of the ownership economy, an economy that keeps more of the returns of online marketplace activity with the communities and the people who power these platforms during a time when people have needed it most. Airbnb says we want to make our uh, Airbnb stand out to guests to make it special for them. Etsy sellers and Airbnb super hosts, Luke and Abby have said. We've incorporated our love of travel and little creative details here and there. Those little touches go an extra long way. So Etsy, despite all of their issues on the seller side, continues to find new ways to market their own and your business to new and bigger audiences. So this, I think, is a terrific program i've done have you ever done an airbnb uh i did once i went to florida a few years ago for a i'm a i'm a cyclist i like to ride my bike i went down there in march of man i don't even know now it was a long time ago 2018 maybe and did an airbnb for a week just uh north of daytona beach for a bike ride and it was a nice little place but it it definitely could have stood to have some uh Etsy crafts in there to uh, kind of spruce the place up a little bit. So uh, back into the chat real quick. Ginger Hive, good morning and congrats. Thank you so much. I appreciate you coming by. Uh, Van Jam says the whole job market is in flux. Yes, it's a really interesting time in the job market because the power is definitely shifting. It has been, as that article points out, very much employer dominated for a long, long time. And now you are starting to see the labor market push back in multiple ways. You've had the Great Resignation where people are just leaving their jobs to go do something else, either something more beneficial or more fulfilling. And you've seen kind of the rise of the labor movement generally where you've got Starbucks stores that are organizing and others that are looking to organize to fight, I say that, but to compel at least. Uh, employers to be a little more fair in how they deal with employees. So it's a very interesting time in the traditional labor market. Uh, Van Gem says, Oh, you know what? Etsy isn't my favorite, but that is a smart idea talking about what we just spoke about there with Airbnb. And they'll probably expand that into other sites as well. So it's a really interesting time over there. If you are a seller of golf clubs, and other related equipment, there is a site dedicated to you, a social shopping startup called, uh, I guess it's Mully. Uh, Mully, maybe, is golf's answer to Poshmark. If you are selling a pair of gently used Air Jordans online, there are a myriad of places to pick from where a receptive audience awaits. StockX, Grailed, Goat, Depop, and, of course, eBay, and Poshmark. But when it comes to moving golf equipment, apparel, and accessories on that secondary market, before newly teed-up Mully Golf app took a swing at it, the niche lacked a dedicated resale platform laser-focused on meeting the whims of weekend hackers, single-digit handicappers, and freshly-minted putt-putt graduates ready to give the real game a golf. A go. A golf. <laughs> uh, golf WRX classifieds in and club trading. Buy and sell groups on Facebook have done a yeoman's job of facilitating peer-to-peer transactions, but Mully provides a much more elegant product discovery experience while pairing e-commerce efficiencies with the community-building aspects of social networking platforms like Instagram and Pinterest. It is headed by Michael Zera, a digital media strategist and serial entrepreneur whose credits include building a mobile app solution for pro sports teams. He is joined by his cousin and fellow golf nut Steven Moskowitz, an IT consultant who logged years at Accenture and OpenText before starting his own software development company. The big differentiator for this site, just three months out of beta, and its a brethren in the social shopping space is that the service waives listing fees and commissions for sellers. There are no fees to sell. On this site. So if you are a seller of golf clubs, I don't know how big their market is, how big their audience is, uh, but no fees is pretty attractive. Uh, They do not charge sellers at all. They hope that those sellers will then pass those savings on to the buyers, which leads to a better market experience for everyone. Now, while it sounds like that might be a loss leader strategy, uh, they say they have no plans to make. A change there. To be very transparent, free no commission sales is our tip of the arrow. We never want to change that. That's the reason people are probably going to hear about us in the beginning and we want them to shop with us or sell with us. The greater good feeling of that is the engine behind what we are trying to do. There are ways to do this without taxing the guy who wants to sell his used SIM driver and upgrade. That's not how we want to make our money. They say, that they will try to make their money by charging vendors, large manufacturers, for having specialty spaces. Retail partners we launch with are passing on the savings to the customer. They have one retailer currently with fifteen to 18,000 items in their store, and they came to us two weeks ago and said, we want to knock down the price of everything by 10%. So there's a financial incentive for both buyers and sellers. From a buyer's perspective, perspective, not only are you able to get last year's clubs for cheaper, but I think you'll also discover a raft of new and creative stuff in golf that you have never seen before. Again, their plan to monetize is to charge those brands and retailers for product placement in feeds and to introduce a tiered membership structure with users on the buying side who opt in gaining access to exclusive product drops, auctions, and VIP event spaces, among other perks still on the drawing board. So they're a they're efforting to make money from buyers and advertisers, not sellers. So if you're in the golf space and you have not heard of this particular site, it's Mully, M-U-L-L-I-E. Uh, go check it out. They apparently are in advanced talks with a high-profile LPGA player that they plan to bring on board as both an investor uh, and I assume a participant in the program. So big, big times for golf which is already big money. There is a a rental clothing platform called Her, H-U-R-R, and they have now expanded into the resale space. Shocking. Women's Wear rental service Her now gives users the option to buy and sell items through a bidding system, the Keep It Forever feature, allows renters to make an offer to buy a garment from the lender directly, which can either be accepted, declined, or negotiated. In the peer to peer part of this business, individual lenders will be responsible for deciding whether to sell their items at the offered price, while HER will manage the bidding process for its brand partners. HER has been trialing this service apparently to a select group of users since August. More than 10% of their inventory is available to purchase from today. This article was published on the 30th of January and includes a wide range of kind of premium brands. They expect, of course, for that number to rise. Her founder, Victoria Prue, who was named one of Drapers, who's uh, DrapersOnline.com is the site here, 30 and under 30 rising stars of fashion retail in 2020 said, We're always trying to find ways to help our customers buy better, to skip over the wear-it-once purchases, and only invest in things they're going to love wearing time and time again. Customers can now use rental to discover new brands or trial new styles and silhouettes before they buy. This launch follows the success of HERS partnership with resale site Depop last August, through which it offered a collection of pre-rented items, including dresses, skirts, and coordinates from brands such as Rixo, KeepsGate, keepsake and art dealer for purchase. They plan, they say to continue that connection with Depop. It was a great brand building experience and will continue. They become an important channel for us from a positioning point of view, as well as revenue. It's always about the money. (laughs) Uh, Hers expansion into resale is part of the plan to significantly scale up after it secured $5.4 million in seed funding at the end of last year. So, Uh, This is a site that was formed essentially to rent one-off garments and then have them returned to whoever the owner was. Now they are adding a reselling component to this. So really interesting over there. Bad news for Amazon. Last week, they have ended uh, their program called Sold by Amazon, which the Washington State Attorney General alleged was an illegal price fixing scheme. It prevented sellers from lowering prices. According to the attorney general, Bob Ferguson, they agreed last Wednesday to shut down this program after the lawsuit was filed in the state of Washington. As part of the settlement, Amazon has also agreed to pay $2.25 million to the state attorney general's office, which will help fund further antitrust enforcement actions. Uh, His Case essentially said that this hurt consumers because it removed the possibility that a specific product would be discounted. It also hurt sellers, according to the complaint, because it led consumers to more often buy products directly from Amazon since third party sellers did not offer a lower price. As part of this legally binding resolution, Amazon must check in with the Attorney General's office once a year for five years, certifying that it is in compliance with the agreement. They say, quote, this was a small program to provide another tool to help sellers offer lower prices, which is something that Amazon pretty much says every time they get busted <laughs> for something. Uh, much like similar programs common among other retailers, they say, but it has now been discontinued. While we strongly believe the program was legal, we're glad to have this matter resolved, said Amazon spokesman Glenn Cupper. Um, I don't know if you were convinced that your program was legal, would you kill it uh, and pay a two point two five million dollar fine, or would you find a way to fight? Or maybe it just maybe it wasn't successful enough to justify uh, the continued expense and the continued negative publicity. I don't know what the story is here, but uh, they are out on that program effective immediately. Uh, eBay. Uh, this article was published, it uh, looks like yesterday, over on e commerce bytes. They trialed a micropayments announcement over in the UK where sellers of low cost items had previously been participating in a temporary promotion. They've now come up with a long term one, but it is a bit messy. In informing some sellers of the new option via email, it does not appear to have posted on uh, eBay's website in the UK eBay wrote, we heard your feedback on the challenges you face when it comes to selling items under 10 pounds. Dollars, not weight. Just to be clear, we understand that with low-cost items, the fee structure is not always economical and can impact your margins. The fixed charge will be reduced from 30 pence to 10 pence per order for a total sales price up to 10 pounds. The big hurdle? That micropayment rate only applies to business sellers with registered addresses in the UK who list in a specific number of categories. Those categories are listed in the article, which, of course, I will link to. So if you're over in the UK and you sell some cheap stuff in this, uh, you can let us know what you're going to do with this. But eBay had been offering, as I mentioned, a limited time promotion for UK businesses that was set to expire in December but was extended until the end of March. It appears that the only categories excluded from the promotion are property, cars, motorcycles and vehicles, coins, banknotes and bullion. More concerning to sellers about the category restrictions, however, in today's announcement is the requirement that they have to relist every single listing in order to qualify because, quote, this change will apply to new listings only listed from 1 February 2022. So if you've got... As the seller uh, that I have highlighted here in the comments says, I have over 2,500 tell canceled listings, and the reduced fee would make a massive difference. Are you really going to make me cancel and relist all of these? That is what it would appear to be. Uh, There's no indication whether they're uh, intending or have any idea whether they will roll this thing out in the U.S. or other markets, but uh, it has met with some skepticism. Mm Uh, Over in the UK, Uh, another deficiency that was pointed out that the discount will be applied only as a monthly credit. So you're not getting the discount right up front. You're still paying the full 30 cents. And then at the end of the month, you get a credit for any sales. So that most people's experience with eBay uh, giving credits at the end of a billing period for stuff like this has not been very good. So we'll have to see how that works out. If you're over in the U.K. and participate in this, let us know what you think about it. Um, And if you're here in the U.S., would this be helpful? Would a $0.20 savings on an item in those categories that is under $10 be helpful? I guess if you sell a significant amount of volume, that could add up pretty quickly. eBay uh, announced again last week that they have extended seller protections for the newest winter storm that went blasting up the East Coast last week, as is usually the case They recommend that you communicate with your buyers, extend your handling time, and that you will be protected for things like late shipment, upload date, uh, item not received cases, and any defects resulting from cancellations. There is another pretty big storm scheduled to blow through my part of the country uh, starting sometime tonight. I don't know what it's going to amount to. I have seen One to three inches with a little bit of ice, and I have seen eight to 12 inches with up to half an inch of ice. So it's going to be a really interesting (laughs) next 48 hours here in the greater Cincinnati area, but uh, we'll see how that goes. I had planned to try to get out to some estate sales either tomorrow or Friday, but I think I'll just work on listing some of the hundreds of books (laughs) that I brought home yesterday. Uh, Last thing in the news, eBay announced last week that they had been named a best place to work in 2022 by Glassdoor. This annual award is based on voluntary feedback from eBay employees, and the CEO said, I can't think of a better way to start the year. It is a reflection of how much you, our sellers, contribute to eBay employees' sense of pride and purpose in their work. I consistently hear from our employees, whether three months in or celebrating their 10-year anniversary, that the connections, partnerships, and friendships they've built with so many of you, us, is the most genuinely meaningful aspect of their work. I've, I have never had an eBay employee <laughs> establish any kind of relationship. With me. Uh, It's all I can do to get them on the phone usually. So, but hey, more power to them. Few companies, they say, enjoy such a close partnership with their customers, but eBay is a community that's been built over the course of 26 years. Supporting our sellers isn't a byproduct of what we do, it is why eBay exists and why we come to work each day. I think sellers might beg to differ with that, but kudos to eBay for making Glassdoor's list of the best places to work in. 2022. So good for them. Uh I don't know. Glassdoor is a, a interesting organization, but uh so let's get into uh some interesting stuff in the what sold segment of the show. I'm not going to play the fancy little clip. Uh if you're following me over on Instagram at Galaxy CDs Rock you saw this post on Saturday. Last week in my reselling business, I did 160 new listings, which was a big, big number. I was I was tired of listing stuff at the end of the week. But I needed to do that in order to keep up because I sold 130 listings, which is the biggest week I've had in as long as I can remember. I've mentioned a couple of times that January was really, really strong. In the end, January was 25% up on December, which is remarkable. A good portion of that, of course, was because I was running some pretty steep discounts. I had a 50% off sale going on about 2,200 items, and I sold quite a few of those. Uh, But it was a crazy good month here at the Galaxy. I have seen some other sellers comment that it was not so good in January. So again, you can let us know in the comments or in the chat, if you're here this morning, how your January business shook out. That left me at the end of the week last week with 7,939 total listings on eBay and 4,862 over on Mercari. Mercari continues to consistently be about 10% of my business. Over the weekend, I sold 30 listings on eBay and 3 for exactly 10% on Mercari. Uh, just to jump in here, the five resellers can't stay long, but we'll listen to the podcast. I appreciate that. Um, it, it will, the podcast itself will be up very shortly and the replay of this video on YouTube will be up nearly immediately. Uh, also five resellers. Don't forget to smack the like button. Hey, I appreciate that. (laughs) Uh, and congrats on the 150. Love the consistency. Yeah, I have, I think I've only missed one or two weeks over the last couple of years. So uh, it's a bit of a grind, I got to tell you. There are some some days that on Tuesday when I think about sitting down here to do this, I'm like, oh, I have so much other stuff to do. Uh, but this is always a nice break. So let's look at some things that I sold last week. Speaking of Mercari, here's the first item, a book, uh, Take Me Home by Dare Wright. This was a 1965 illustrated hardcover. Uh, This was part of a free estate sale haul. So my cost of goods sold on this are $0 and it went for $22 with free shipping, $3.19 media rate. Plus the cost of the padded envelope uh, turns into a pretty nice little sale. Model railroad magazines again for the win. this This is a specialty set, narrow gauge and short line gazette. I had six issues from 1997. I sold the full year for twenty-two dollars and nine cents, plus four forty-five shipping, uh, on a offer that I sent out to a watcher. He sent me a message and said there are multiple others of these that I have listed that he would be interested in buying in the future if I would do the same deal. Which, of course, I will be more than happy to do because my cost of goods sold on these is ten cents a piece, <laughs> uh, or sixty cents. This was a really interesting item. This was part of a big lot that I bought a couple of thousand books and there were just some odds and ends thrown in. So essentially my cost of goods sold on this is nothing. It's probably on my accounting for eight or ten cents just to get it in there with something. But this was a a menu and a program for a 1956 event at the Netherland Plaza Hotel in Cincinnati called A Salute to Eisenhower. It was literally just a little brochure with a stuck-in drinks menu. It probably numbered 10 pages. Nobody had anything like this out there. I had it listed for $29.99 for best offer. It got a watcher. I sent out an offer for 15% off, and this thing sold for $25.49 with free shipping. So I think a lot of times when people buy big lots or acquire massive amounts of stuff, We don't always take the time to look up these kind of oddball-looking little things. I mean, it's literally a 10-page brochure. Ah, What can it be worth? In this case, it was worth $25. So I maybe I waste a lot of time doing it, but I literally look up almost everything I get. Unless I've seen it before and I know it has no value, I'll look up everything just to see where it might happen to come in. An old book, A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. This was a collector's edition from Pocket Books, Inc. from 1939. So really, really old. This was in actually pretty reasonable condition considering its age. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see the cover's got a couple of little spots on it where there was some shelfware. But overall, really good condition. This went on a best offer of $30 plus media mail shipping. My cost of goods sold on this was 25 whole cents. Another book, part of a free estate sale haul. So this is another cost of goods sold of zero. I love those. (laughs) Uh, If you can establish relationships, especially if you're a media seller with estate sellers, they generally are desperate to get stuff out of the estate at the end of the sale. And you can, accumulate a significant amount of inventory, half a storage unit full, in my case, of stuff that you absolutely have no money in uh, other than the gas and the time to go haul the stuff away. So uh, I talked about it in a video many, many months ago, why it pays to chat up those estate sellers and form those relationships. But, man, it has been a gold mine for me. So this free book, The Lord's Prayer from Ingra and Edgar Perrin, De Allaire this is from 1934 it's a hardcover with dust jacket first edition this also went on a sent out offer I had this listed for man, I think 40 some dollars I sent out an offer of 15% off and it sold for $36.54 plus shipping yet another book and another old one at that this was part of an estate pickup that I did for about 50 cents an item The Picture of Dorian Gray by Oscar Wilde. This was illustrated uh, 1931 on Three Sirens Press. I've had really good luck with Three Sirens Press stuff because it is fairly scarce. Uh, This went on Mercari for $40. And again, free shipping. Uh, I tend to do I've I'm not doing free shipping anymore on eBay. I get asked that. um, And with all the postal changes, I'm not doing that anymore. On eBay, but on Mercari, it's just easier to do the listing with free shipping. So I'm padding the price on an item like this. This is going to be a one pound media rate shipping. So it's $3.19. I've just been adding four dollars to all my listing prices as I transfer them with lists perfectly. Again, shameless prug affiliate link down below if you want to save 30% off your first month's subscription to their service. But when I cross list everything, I just add uh, that random penny that gets lost on Mercari and add $4 or $5 or whatever the number needs to be to kind of account for what free shipping might cost me over the next couple of years. And it does not seem to have affected my sales velocity on Mercari. It has consistently for the last year been 10%, 10%. Once in a while, it'll inch up a little bit, but by and large, it's the same all the time. And I, I don't know if the free shipping helps, but... That's how I'm handling that. Now we got a couple of big ones. I've had this thing for quite some time. This is a Sony SLV920HF. It's a forehead hi-fi stereo VCR. Had its remote, had its cable mouse, the little RF adapter or little infrared adapter that you could connect to your cable box. I bought this at a Goodwill thrift store back. <laughs> Long enough ago that Goodwill had good pricing on this. I bought it for ten ninety nine, I believe. And I have had it for months and months and months. I sent out numerous offers on it. Couldn't get anybody to bite. And last week it sold for full price $124.99 plus UPS customer paid shipping. So that is a, it took a long time to get this thing sold, but it was well worth the wait. A really nice VCR. If I had any use for a VCR at this point, I probably would have kept it myself. But uh, really nice sale made, uh, made for a really nice week in conjunction with this next item, which is our flip of the week. If you were here last week, you will recall that I sold an old comic book. I had another old comic book, The Blue Beetle, issue number three from July and August of 1940. This was a 64-page book from Fox Publications. It had a little bit of wear, some minor damage on the cover. I did not go through the process of sending this out to get graded. I just put this thing up at an auction starting, I think, at $99.99 because the comps on it were pretty strong. And it sold, after 21 bids, for $358 plus customer paid shipping. This was part of a big lot of items that I own for about $0.10 cents a piece. So just an amazing... I would have been thrilled if this thing had sold for $100. But the bids just kept coming and coming and coming. And ultimately, this thing went for 358 bucks. So super, super stoked <laughs> uh, about that flip of the week. Jumping back here into the chat... Jim Lucas says, I put my store on time away to the end of the week. I'm not that far away from you, so I will be impacted by the same storm. Yeah, uh, imagine this will negatively affect estate sales. Yeah, I can only imagine that anybody who has a sale that's scheduled to start tomorrow or run through Friday is probably going to be a little bit lonely. Um, sounds like, according to what I saw this morning on the Weather uh, Channel app, uh, roads may be nearly impassable uh, because of the ice. So if you do have to be out and about tomorrow, please be safe. Uh, it's it's going to be messy. Uh, luckily, I'm half a mile from my post office, and I've got a all-wheel drive SUV, so I think I can probably muster my way over there at some point tomorrow afternoon. Uh, but it, it's going to be rough, I think. Uh, Anthony Rutherford, thank you so much for stopping by, man. Uh, that's a hell of a sale. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, I could stand to have those uh, on a regular basis for sure. Uh, what else have we got here? Mom's Closet TX. We're going to get ice in Texas too. Yeah, I thought I saw somebody post uh, this morning about wondering whether Texas made any changes after last year's bad winter storm. So uh, stay safe down there. Hopefully things go okay for you. Just a reminder... Uh, If you're watching the show, we're not monetized over here at the Galaxy. Uh, I've only got 630-some subscribers. so If you are inclined to support the show by doing something other than liking, sharing, and subscribing, uh, there is a PayPal link in the video description below and the show notes if you'd like to make a small financial contribution to the channel. It would be much appreciated. I don't do the buy me a coffee or any of that kind of stuff, at least not yet. And I can't get like the super chats or anything on the lives cause I'm still not monetized. So with that, it doesn't look like anybody has volunteered to jump into the show. So we're going to close it. Today's uh, a little bit short because there was not really a ton of news coming into yesterday. I only had three news articles, so I was debating even postponing the show, but there were some things that dropped that I thought were worthwhile over the last couple of days. So if you are in, The uh, greater Cincinnati, I guess all the way down to Texas. If you're in the path of this storm, please do what you need to do to stay safe and to handle your business, but take care of your friends, your family, your loved ones, and your community. And as always, I appreciate, again, everybody that took some time out of their day or put this on in the background while they were listening to listen to this show. I appreciate it very much. And now it's time to sell. Thanks, guys.